I just know this is going to be amazing because it's taken them two hours to get here in traffic. So thank you, Lord. We just thank you for what you're going to say through Deval today. We just thank you for his presence. We thank you for your presence, Lord. And we say, let us hear you. Let us hear your heart, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Julie. Well, we made it. Um, I, I, um, frustrations and all aside. I'm not sure I say to Angelina either... God doesn't want us here, or the devil really doesn't want us here. You know, it's, it's either or. I'm not sure which it is. We'll see the fruits at the end of it, which it was. Now, I think the enemy has been really at work, um, from what I can hear, what everybody's saying. Thank you. Um, preparing this message for today, I was really in, I'm struggling. And, and, and up until I heard what you guys were talking about. Because it's, the message is about, Basically about the character of God. And I said, Lord, what have you got for the church? And the word that came to my mind was, I'm your redeemer. I said, okay, Lord, but that's, you know, I like, I like to preach um, motivational stuff. You know, stuff you can get excited about. I don't like to do teaching that much. You know, redeemer. I don't like to teach because... It's boring maybe sometimes. Maybe it's just the way I do it. I don't know. But um, yeah, God just said to me, I'm, I must bring this message to you as a church and to myself. I'm your redeemer. So I'll tell you a little bit. Um, we've, when was it? New Year. About New Year. Angelina and I made a recommitment to obey God no matter what. You know, God challenged us, are we willing to obey unto death? And we said, yes, Lord, we're willing to do that. So we changed a lot of things in our life. I tell you, we live Christian lives without obeying God a lot. We had to make so many adjustments in our life. And the moment we did that, guess what happened? Everything that could go wrong went wrong. Um, from dishwashers breaking to my car being broken. And, you know, I've got insurances on all of these things and warranties and they just refuse to pay out for some little clause here or there, the other. The, 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 what do you call this? The opposition was just, it is immense. And we live in this world where, you know, you talk to people and you say, but look, um, when I joined you guys... I explained to you everything, and you said, no, it's fine. But now that I want you to pay out, you say, oh, no, 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 this isn't working. You know what they said to me? They said, oh, you had 30 days to read your contract. I'm like, so you are literally telling me that you will sell me the policy knowing full well I won't be able to claim it, but then you, you say I had to read the contract. You know, the wickedness of that, the evil of that, it really, I just wanted to give up already. I genuinely felt so drained of hope and just how do we live life in this world if this is what we face. Um, at that time on Facebook, Facebook can be good or evil. <laughs> um, I saw a video of the, actually Angelina sent me this video of a pastor, elderly gentleman. And he, he was talking about how he wanted to withdraw cash from his bank to buy gold bullion. And they refused him the money. And he's like, but it's my money. And they said, no, but we have to approve it. What do you want to do with it? 
and he, and he said he had these three, two men and this lady standing over him, demanding, what do you want to do with it? You know, why do you want to spend this? How do you want to sp-? And he's like, it's my money. And he said this, he said, I'm so tired of this evil, wicked world we live in. And I identified with him so much. So tired. I'm just exhausted battling all these things that come against us. And in that, the Lord says, I am your redeemer. Part of my struggle was I said, Lord, the church is pretty, you know, you guys have a lot of knowledge. You know the Lord, your redeemer. Am I right? Everybody knows the Lord, your redeemer. And then I said, okay, I'm going to be obedient and I'm going to look into it. What does this actually mean? I mean, we all know more or less the Lord is our redeemer, you know, and and what it implies. And we'll go through that very quickly. But let's start with Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to 24. Romans 3, 21 to 24. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known... To which the law and the prophets testify. So we've now got to know. Apart from the law, the Old Testament, we've got to know the righteousness of God. And the prophets testify to that. 22. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to everyone who believes. You believe in Jesus? Hallelujah. You've received what? The righteousness apart from the law. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. So we're all equal before God in this. So my sin is not bigger than your sin, even though it may be in in physical terms. But before God, we all fall short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely. Freely, no cost, no value. Justification is free. By his grace, through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Does that excite you? Justification, no matter where we are in life, no matter how much wrong, sin, how how far we've gone off the path. The mistakes we've made. It doesn't matter. You see, for too long, I've believed in and even taught a gospel of, no matter what you did, come to Jesus. He will forgive all your sins. And people, oh, hallelujah. And that burden lifts. But then we have a different gospel. You see, then we teach, oh, well, now you have to live a good life. Now, if you do wrong now, God's going to punish you. No. In Christ Jesus... We are justified freely. And we're all equal because we all fall short of the glory of God. Hallelujah. So our faith in Christ, by His redemption, by His redemption. What does redemption mean? Basically, the the basic term for redemption that I think all of us will know is to buy back. To, 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 To buy back something. Out of slavery, out of bondage, etc. It is to pay a ransom. That's really the, 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 the meaning of that is to pay a ransom. So if somebody's taken someone hostage 
and you pay a ransom to get that person back. Hallelujah. Jesus is the ransom. We'll go, I'm jumping ahead again. So we, we see then the word ransom there means, uh, um, redemption there means to pay a ransom for someone in captivity. That's pretty much how I felt in this world. I felt oppressed and, and, and in captivity. I felt like a, I said to Angelina, I said, I felt like a, an animal cornered in a cage. And, and, and I, I feel like I'm going to explode because, you know, every which way I try to go, there's some form of wickedness and evil and it just doesn't work anymore. <laughs> and, and just on a personal note, because th- th- this, this is not for you as a church, but I just want to share this on a personal note that God shared with me, he said, it's supposed to be like that, dear Walt. So what do you mean, Lord? I don't want to be in that corner. And he said, you're not of this world. Right? You know, someone famously said, if you are running in one direction and you never run into a devil from time to time, maybe you're running with the devil. Right? In other words, we will get opposition. Why? Because we're not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And that's part of redemption. He says, I redeem you. I, I salvage you. I save you from this world. While you're in this world. I mean there's a lot to work out in that. But in this place where we feel so trapped. So in bondage. Like we've been taken hostage. Jesus comes in and he says. I am your redeemer. So let us. I'm I'm quickly going to look into redemption. Because I want to get to the message I feel God has for the church. And, And I'm trying to do this all within an hour or two. <laughs> so in the Old Testament, it's beautiful because in the Old Testament, redemption is a verb. Right? It's not a noun. So it's an action. It's an active part of God's work. And it's ongoing. So there's, there's basically three ways. And, and there's a lot of scriptures. I don't, I'm not going to read all the scriptures. I'll mention it if you want to take notes. Um, but the first way that redemption is used, the first verb it's used is the substitution required. Okay. So, so if you want to pay a ransom, what is the substitution required? What is the price to be paid? Okay. So in some cases it might be money. And, and, and if you read, uh, you can read Exodus 21. Verse 28, Exodus 21, 28, uh, 30. Verse 30 says, uh, let me quickly read it. If a bull gores a man or a woman to death, the bull is to be stoned to death, and its meat must not be eaten. But the owner of the bull will not be held responsible. If, however, the bull has had the habit of goring, and the owner has been warned but has not kept it penned up, and it kills a man or a woman, the bull is to be stoned, and its owner also is to be put to death. Okay. However, payment is demanded. If payment is demanded, the owner may be redeemed by paying the price. Okay. So the first way that that um, redemption is used is the verb. What is the price? What is the what is the substitution in place of you or that person? 
some cases it's money, sometimes it's land, sometimes it's an animal sacrifice, depending on the other parts of the redemption. So the first part of redemption, remember this, is what is required. The second verb is the person being delivered, the property being delivered. So, so who is delivered? What is being delivered? Right? So the second part of that refers to the, the person, the property, or the right or promise. In covenant making, maybe sometimes, we, maybe at some stage we should study covenant. Angelina and I'm studying covenant at the moment. What a blessing. Wow. Anyway, my mind is so full of stuff. Um, so a, a promise made. You can be redeemed from that sometimes. But there's a price to be paid. I can't fulfill my promise. Okay, in that case, I want this or that, etc. So, you know, in the Old Testament, sometimes if you can't pay your debt, they take your family <laughs> to be slaves unto them, etc. So there's, there's, there's many... The price to be paid is heavy, but also we have to consider what are we redeeming because that will determine the value or the price. Okay, So that's a second. Now, part of that verb, one of the root words of that verb um, of, of what is to be delivered is the person who performs the duties as redeemer. So it's not just... Who will be redeemed, but it is also referring to who will do the redemption. Okay? So, so you have to keep these three in mind as we carry on. Leviticus 25. Leviticus 25, 24. Throughout the land that you hold as a possession, you must provide for the redemption of the land. Wow. If one of your fellow Israelites becomes poor and sells some of their property, their nearest relative is to come and redeem what they have sold. So in this case, the verb here is the land. right? So the, what is to be redeemed? The land. The second part of that is, who is it that needs to redeem it? The nearest relative. Remember this. We, we're going to get somewhere with this. The third verb, beautiful, to cover. To cover. What's the first Verse that pops into our mind. Love covers a multitude of sin. Redemption. Love covers. Redemption is to cover. It is to atone or make compensation. No matter what, freely, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And redemption covers all and everything. There's not one thing that sticks out there. There's not a thing that sticks out. I know there's some teaching that teaches almost a limited grace. You know, yes, God will have grace, but there's no but. Okay? If you repent, God is faithful to forgive. So the final, the, the, the final verb way it's used is the absolution of the redeemed by the redeemer for the agreed ransom. You see, all three is there. So it's the absolution. It's the final covering. Ransom. Takes away. Atonement. Of the redeemed. The item. Whatever it needs to be redeemed. By the person who comes to redeem it. All three aspects. Exodus 30 verse 12. 
When you take a census of the Israelites to count them, each one must pay the Lord a ransom for his life at the time he is counted. Then no plague will come on them when you number them. It's called the soul ransom. So the Israelites had to pay a ransom and that would put them in the protection of God. Don't take that too far, all right? Don't, don't go start preaching and saying, if you give me money, I'll pray for you for healing or whatever else, all right? Don't, this, is in, this is in context of redemption. Remember that. All right, now, the New Testament, it is very clear. Jesus fulfills, he completes everything in the Old Testament. So he becomes all three these verbs in one. He becomes... The item that needs to be redeemed by taking on all our sins and weaknesses. He also becomes the redeemer of what needs to be redeemed. And he becomes the atonement, the covering. So he just takes this whole redemption all in one in him. Do you guys see that? Yeah. So Jesus became the substitution required. He became the object of redemption in the place of you and me. But as our brother, Father, Lord, he also becomes the redeemer. Next, the closest kin. It's very important. So you see, Jesus is family. What is the relationship with redemption? What is our relationship with redemption? Well, he's my brother. Jesus is my brother. He's my closest kin, but he's also my father. God is my father. He's my closest family. So it's his responsibility. It's on him to bring redemption. And he takes that responsibility and he says here, be redeemed. I am the Lord, your redeemer. I am the Lord that will ransom you, pluck you out of the fire. I will pluck you out of that bondage. I will bring you out of it, make you free. So let's read a few scriptures so that the word of God can sink in and then I'm, going, I'm doing well. Hallelujah. It's almost like driving here, overtaking and dodging and dying. <laughs> Romans, no matter how I drove, I mean, I broke the speed limit. I dodged a few things. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I still came here the time the GPS said I will arrive here. You know, nothing else. You can't change that. God said you'll be there that time and that's the time I arrived. Romans 4.25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and and was raised to life for our justification. He became our redemption. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. Amen. The old is gone, the new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Hold on to this thought because we're getting more and more into what I really believe God has for you as a church. He has called you to what? Ministry of reconciliation. The fact that you are redeemed... For the lack of a better word, forgive my English. The fact that you are redeemed demands of you 
to be in the ministry of reconciliation. It's not a, it's not a choice between apples and pears. It is, you are redeemed. I, Jesus says, I am your redemption. I am your redeemer. I am your substitute. Now, I'm asking you, be the reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation. The world to himself in Christ. What, what, what must we reconcile? The world to Jesus. People out there to Jesus. Your loved ones to Jesus. Your family to Jesus. You are not called. It is, it is an expectation of you as the redeemed to then operate in the ministry of reconciliation. Love one another is not a calling. It's a command. The ministry of reconciliation is a command because you are redeemed. It is a natural response to being redeemed. Okay, hold on to that. And in, in, and in that um, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, it says, We must reconcile the world to Christ himself. Not counting people's sins against them. Another message. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. The message of reconciliation. What is that? The Lord is my redeemer. If you are redeemed, you have the message of reconciliation. And you have this message to bring to those around you. The Lord is my redeemer. The Lord is your redeemer. It's available. 1 Peter 1. For you know that it was not with perishable things, such as silver or gold, that you were redeemed, that you were ransomed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect, so what, what was, the, what was the, um, the object of redemption here? You and me, our sin. Okay? Our lives. And what was the price to be paid? Unblemished, perfect lamb. The blood. Life. Jesus became that. Not gold, no silver, no land in this case. The only thing that could ransom you out of this was the pure blood of Jesus Christ. And he paid that price. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So what is our relationship with redemption? What is it that God is calling you guys, or the message that I feel God has for you guys this morning in regards with redemption? The first aspect here is that redemption... Is closely related to family. So God often says your closest relatives must step forward to ransom, to redeem. Whether it's the land, whether it's a person, etc. Can you point to your brothers and sisters in Christ? Anybody here? Exactly. 
If we are a church, then we are brothers and sisters. You see, we love to use these cliches, these, these terminology, you know, of, yes, my brother, my sister, hallelujah. What does that mean? <laughs> there's, a, there's a huge responsibility on being a brother and a sister in Christ. Massive. My relationship to redemption is not merely receiving it, but I now have to do the ministry of reconciliation. What does that mean? That means at times I have to step in and pay a ransom for my brother or my sister. Not replacing Jesus. Don't misunderstand me. This isn't for salvation. We cannot. We cannot die on a cross again and the blood flow again. That's done. It is finished. I am the Lord your Redeemer. Be set free. Liberty, freedom. First and foremost, I feel God is saying, be free from judgment. And, and this, you know, the, the Lord is your Redeemer might change to different people. This isn't a theological doctrine. This is what I feel is in my heart. For you as a church, be free from judgment. Do not let anyone judge you into shame or guilt. It's not of God. Jesus' redemption sets you free from shame and guilt. Shake it off. Let it go. Amen? And it's a difficult thing to do. When you've lived my life and you've messed up as many times as I have and as bad as I have, you know, there's a lot of people that can judge, justifiably so. But to live in a place of redemption, to stand up and say, the Lord is my redeemer. Yes, you have every right to accuse me. You have every right to hold that against me. However, I'm redeemed. I'm ransomed. I'm no longer a slave. Unto what? The first basic, and this is doctrine, sin, Satan, and death. Remember those three. I'm redeemed from sin, Satan, and death. Hallelujah. But I'm redeemed from judgment especially. The other thing is soul ties that I want to bring up. You know what soul ties are? It's, it's getting in those relationships that has a spiritual authority in our lives. Sometimes it might be old partners. You know, exes or sometimes it can be parents or children even. That, that's trying to divert our path with God. And that soul tie is not from God. God has redeemed you from those soul ties. Cut it off. Let it go. I know it's easier said than done. But what I'm trying to bring out here is we're a new creation through the redemption of God. The Lord is my redeemer. I'm set free from all soul ties. Amen. Be free. The Lord is your redeemer. Be free. Run free. Hallelujah. That soul. Do you remember we, we, we read there the, the, the soul um, um, ransom where they had to, you know, to be redeemed so that they don't get plagues. 
the soul ransom. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus paid that. His blood paid that. We are free from soul ties. That includes generational curses. Okay? Alcoholism runs in my family. It's part of, you know, etc. Etc. Too much. Too much to mention. But by his redemption, by the blood of Jesus, I am redeemed. And this is what I felt when Julie said this morning. She said, you are a child of God. Believe it. Know it. You are a child of God. You are redeemed. Sometimes we have to remind ourselves, I'm redeemed. In fact, turn to somebody and say, you are redeemed. Now turn to yourself and say, I am redeemed. By the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The ransom of your soul has been paid. You know, in Matthew 10 it says, Do not be afraid of those who can kill your body. Rather be afraid of him who can throw your soul in eternal damnation. Right? Redemption includes, in the Old Testament especially, monetary redemption. Financial redemption. In fact, that's the base. The, 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 the first foundation of redemption is from slavery. You could redeem a slave. Right? You can have your freedom. And then second was land. And, and, and money was most of the time involved. Right? It was only when it came to being redeemed as a nation or for your soul from sin that animal sacrifices and blood came in. So there is an element of financial redemption available for the children of God. Do we need that? Anybody in here? Is this, am I speaking to the right people? Just Angelina and me. The rest of you are all good. and Hallelujah. Um, you know. <laughs> I am the Lord, your Redeemer. Prosper. 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 It's a way of thinking. The world knows this so well. The world practices this concept far better than you and I do for most cases. They be, you know, you, you go to any of these, um, what do they call them, life coaches or wealth coaches, whatever you want to call it. The first thing they teach you, do you know what that is? Guess how I know. <laughs> the first thing they teach you is vision. You must establish a vision board. In the old days we used to call it. Now it's probably on your computer. I don't know. But, you know, you, you, I, listen, I did this. I would cut out Ferraris and yachts and big houses. And I will stick them on my vision board up there. And, I'm, you know, every day I'm looking at it and I'm envisioning it. You know, I'm living in that house. I'm driving that car. Nothing, none of it worked out, by the way. <laughs> because it wasn't in God's plan. But that's the worldly equivalent of this. What God is saying is prosper. Here is something I want to say to you without, there's no doubt in my mind or heart when I say this to you. Poverty is not from God. And I'm not a prosperity teacher as some would imagine it. But I've seen poverty. I'm from Africa. I've walked in India among those people. You want to see real poverty? Go and visit it. You know, we're not talking about poor people who can't afford, you know, petrol in their car. You're kidding me. Right? 
We're talking about people, a family of four, who will sit around a little pot like this with some dal. You know, that's that beanie thing that the Indians cook. And it's just a soup and one roti, one single thin little pancake in a family of four. And that's the only meal they'll have for the day. Poverty is not of God. You cannot look at that and say, oh, God bless them. You can't. Okay? So, debt is not of God. Guys, we don't own a house. We don't own a house, we rent. Why? Because we don't want to be mortgaged. Do you even know what the word mortgage means? Anybody? Do you know what it means? To be in debt? It means to be noosed unto death. That's what it means. Guys, we we have to wake up to the realities of things. We buy cars we cannot afford. Right? But I have to have an M1 BMW, even though I'm paying more than I can afford every month for it. But hey, look at me. I'm in my BMW. That noose is pulling tighter and tighter and tighter. Jesus redeemed us from this. Start living debt free. Amen. But also start living in that place where God provides all you need. Maybe not all you dream of. Because if that was true, I would have shown up in a Lamborghini. It wouldn't have gone through the gate, by the way. I would have had to park it in the road. (laughs) He will provide all you need. Amen. Amen. Be free. Be prosperous. Hallelujah. Now, the final part of redemption that I want to sort of is the the kinsman redemption. So, family. I want to come back to that. The fact that we are family and a responsibility. Now, as an example, we know that in the Bible it says, it is God's will that everyone should be saved. Amen? We agree on that. So then do it, Lord. What does he do? He says, now you go and preach the gospel. Make disciples. Teach them everything I taught you. Baptize them in my name. No, 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 no. You want them saved. You, you come and save them. No, no, no. I want you to go and preach the gospel. He wants to be the redeemer of all nations and all people. Sometimes he wants you to step into that place of redemption. In other words, what do I mean? Look at your brothers and sisters. If somebody doesn't have a coat and you have two, what do you do? Take one and give it. Sometimes you have the means to redeem a brother or a sister from bondage. How? Maybe by praying 10 minutes a day for that brother or sister. Pay the price. Pay the ransom. This is what I want to say. Pay the ransom for your brothers and sisters in this congregation and then also externally. But if you can't start in here, don't tell me you're going to do it for the people in India. Rubbish. I don't believe you. I just don't. Because if you can't do it for the people you see day on day, how are you going to do it for people you've never seen in your life? I was very offended the first time somebody taught taught me this. 
Because I wanted to be a missionary abroad. And they said, if you're not a missionary at home, you cannot be a missionary anywhere else. I was all, you know. But that's true. It is true. Start here. And what I'm saying is, yes, God, God, Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. We cannot take His place. But what He wants is for you and me to take the message of redemption. And sometimes that means that we have to pay the price on behalf of my brother and sister so that redemption can actually come to them. Sometimes it means getting involved in a loved one's marriage to help them work things out. Sometimes it means paying a price of Praying 10 minutes a day extra for somebody's life or for a situation. Sometimes it means taking money out of your bank and giving it to them for some fuel money. Whatever the case may be. Sometimes it means leaving home half an hour earlier, driving all the way up to another destination, pick a brother or sister up and bring them to church. What is the price, the ransom that you require that someone else can pay? Just think of that. There's something that you require, a ransom that will deliver you, that will set you free, that will bring you into that place of redemption as a son and daughter of God that someone else in this congregation has for you. Just a practical example. I want to use this as a practical example. We lost our car, right? When we decided to follow Jesus, I tell you, everything went south. Engine blew up. We don't have a car. In my infinite wisdom, I went and bought a cheapy little car on eBay. That lasted a week and that broke down. (laughs) What am I saying? Somebody in our vicinity has the ability to redeem me from this situation I'm in. Now it's costing us 200 pounds a weekend to rent a car to get where we need to get to. It's fine. I'm, I'm not saying this to say somebody needs to get me a car. What I'm trying to is to use a practical example of how this can work. If you know a brother and sister in the church who doesn't have a vehicle, maybe you've got one sitting in the garage. Maybe you've got something stored under a tree that's so covered full of dirt you haven't driven it in the last six months. I don't know. I'm saying you may have a second coat that somebody needs. Okay? Just as you can sit there now thinking... Then, you know, what I need is a ransom to deliver me, to set me free, to bring me into prosperity. Right? Remember, we, we went through this. To be free from addictions, there's somebody in here that has that ransom for me. So I have a ransom for somebody else. And God is saying, I want you to step into that place, the ministry of what? Reconciliation. Reconciliation. Amen? Does this make sense? I'm, I'm, this was my whole... I'm, I was worried about this. I wasn't sure we can get to this. Pay the ransom. Redemption is much, much bigger than you and I can begin to understand. First, and this is really, I wrote this down as I sat before God for you. And I'm finishing with this, the next 20 minutes. John 17. My prayer is not that you take them out of this world, but that you protect them from the evil one. Protect them from the evil one. How does God protect us from the evil one? Sometimes he sends a brother and a sister 
to intercede, to intercept, to intervene. Sometimes it is you are the kinsman of redemption to protect us from the evil one. This corrupt and evil world you are facing, and you're not part of it. Some of you in here, you've, you've had dreams, visions, prayers, your heart's desire for years, and it's never been fulfilled. You've never seen the fulfillment of that. I feel God is saying to you that that, that dream, that deliverance, that liberation you've been longing for, for God's glory to be displayed, is at hand. It is at hand. Because he's your redeemer. And you are redeemed. Now walk in this world as the redeemed of the Lord. Walk in this world as the redeemed. Watch what we say. Does your speech betray a heart that's redeemed or a heart that's in bondage and I'm, I'm preaching to myself as much as to anybody else does your actions display a life redeemed or a life in bondage a life of freedom from all sorts of addictions and debt and slavery or is it a life Free from all of these things in this world. And you are walking in heavenly places on the earth. Do not hang your heads in hopeless despair. Do not hang your heads in hopeless despair because of what you see and hear. Do not be frustrated with the lack of glory compared to the ample display of wickedness and evil around you. I'll say that again. Do not be frustrated with the lack of glory of God compared to the ample display of wickedness and evil. You, my church, are my redeemed. You are my redeemed in your home, in your school, in your workplace, in your family. You are God's redeemed wherever you are. You carry my redemption to ransom the wicked, the sick, the possessed, the poor, the confused. You carry... God's redemption to ransom the wicked, the oppressed, the sick, the possessed, the poor, the confused. Wow. Display my work of redemption that I've done in you. Tell them about it. Display it. Boast about your redemption. Turn to somebody and say, boast about your redemption. Amen. Tell it to somebody else. The, the, that guy didn't listen. <laughs> Boast about your redemption. And the Redeemer 
that paid your ransom. Boast about it. Hallelujah. I feel that, you know, just coming in here this morning and, and when Julie said that, you are a child of God. You are people of God. I feel this just reinforces that so much deeper in the sense of you are the redeemed of God. Go forth and be his redemption. Walk in it, talk in it, live in it. Amen. I trust this has encouraged you for this week and that you can go forth in strength. Amen. Thank you for having me and bless you.